Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Impact goes head-to-head with Raw. We're talking TNA's move to Monday nights with Eric Bischoff joining us to answer your questions. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. That's me. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, 83 Weeks fans. Welcome to the show that is all yours. It's just for you and those of us who are here tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We are covering the 83 Weeks episode talking about TNA going to Monday night live. We have the whole crew here tonight. I want to thank everybody who's joined us live in the YouTube chat. Get your questions ready. Steve and George are here tonight. I got to say, guys, the book gimmick's getting a little old. Was going to tell you that before we went on the air, but now it's too late. What's George, what's George reading this week? <laughs> I got the Bill Goldberg autobiography. It's called Who's Next? Kind of a, or I'm next. Yeah. I'm next. I'm so I yeah. can't even read. <laughs> I just had a book of cute pugs. That was going to be my gimmick, but we're killing the gimmick. <laughs> All right. I, I'm not killing really, the gimmick. Really, really cute pugs on the back. You saved it with puppies. And of course, the man whose voice you already heard. Eric, I tried to look up what your title was at TNA so I could introduce you as the former that, but uh, even the internet doesn't seem to know. So you guys already know him. It's Eric Bischoff here with us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Christy. And officially, uh, contractually, I should say, my, my title was executive producer. Oh, okay. Right. Same as it was over there at WCW. Easy for me well, to remember all of that. That was I was an executive producer before I became president. I kind of ate my way up the food chain, so to speak. <laughs> well, that's cool. And you did dish a lot of juicy insider stuff on what was all going on behind the scenes at TNA on this episode of 83 Weeks. Are you enjoying revisiting TNA? Because you, in the past, have talked about it pretty negatively. And now on the show, it almost seems like um, you can think back to your time there fondly. So which is it, Eric? Well, it's it's a little bit of both and mixed in with some, you know, other variable emotions from time to time. It depends what we're talking about. You know, I've, I've said before, and I, and I mean it when I say it, you know, I had some great memories at TNA. Um, working with my son was certainly, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime, you know, for my son as well as for me. That I'll never forget. And, you know, there were some good things about it. And, and most of my frustration and my negative feelings, really, as I said at the podcast, had more to do with just blowing such an amazing opportunity. Um, Did we lose Eric's audio as well? We, we got to tell you, everybody, um, the, the internets here in the Los Angeles area are not doing us very well today. Uh, but Eric, are you there? 
we seem to have lost the man himself. There is plenty to talk about with on this episode, of course, but we do want to ask Eric some questions. So we will keep you posted on that, whether we can bring him back in. I want to take this minute to uh, shout out everybody who has joined us tonight. Hello, Ken and Matthew and Brian. Lots of Brian's hanging out with us tonight. Seems some of you are enjoying a little beverage. Nothing wrong with that. And a special shout out to our super chatter, Michael Mackey. They are already talking about all the James Storm's dra- James Storm drama that came out of this episode. I don't know if Eric is here to chime in or not, but Steve, George, what did you think about Eric kind of going hard at James? It made the dirt cheap. I, I can I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because it, pro wrestling can be a very selfish business, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, but but I did I did think of it as like wow, like someone like James Storm, like. I never thought of him that way, but I mean, it's good to hear from from Eric's perspective, but I don't think anything wrong with being a little selfish in pro wrestling either. I will say the video specifically about Scott Hall not wanting to lose to James Storm, that video has done, I think, two or 3,000 views in a two-hour period, which YouTube just told me is a record for the channel. So that's, wow. how, that's how much fire there is to this topic. Uh, is James Storm on Twitter? Can we can we all kind of get him to weigh in eventually on the conversation? I mean, I'm sure he's going to want to after all the chatter that has started. I do want to check in with everybody else here, too, and see what they have to say. Maurice said he loved the episode, especially James Storm, no marbles. I don't actually know what that means. I think they're saying they're not a fan of James Storm. I think... <sighs> I. Th- I, well, actually, here's a question for the panel. What percent of our overall like or dislike of a wrestler is their presentation and they themselves? Because I would argue oh. it's... I would argue it's a third the promoter and then... Or it's, it's two-third the promoter, one-third the wrestler. I have strong feelings about this. I've always been someone who's like 90% interested in who they really are and cares about who they are as an actual person. Uh, But I know I'm in the minority on that. And I'm sure George is going to uh, have the opposite opinion. Yes? I mean, I'm similar. I mean, because a lot of times, like, you see how people are in their real lives and it kind of makes you like them a little bit more in real life. I've heard many, many people be fans of The Miz now just because of Miz and Mrs. because they, he comes off as such a, a great guy. So I do kind of see where you're coming from. I mean, I'm all about the promoter though. Like I, I, I'll put it on. I mean, I think in some ways too, it falls on the promoter and the wrestler. I think it's 50, 50. I think in some cases you see the promoter dropping the ball and sometimes just the wrestler dropping the ball on whether or not they're over or not or, or popular, popular or whatnot. Yeah. I kind of, and I especially in today's televised wrestling world, it's almost impossible for a character to get over without the promotion's help, without the promotion putting them forward as a television character. That it's almost, and I I don't want to defend WWE, and a lot of times it happens in WWE that someone gets over like Zack Ryder on the internet, and then they try to convey that to the WWE, and the WWE for whatever reason says, no, we don't understand that. That I think we've we've yet to strike that balance between the actual person and what the promotion wants as a television character. Eric, what brought us to this conversation were your comments about James Storm on this episode of 83 Weeks, which I don't know if you noticed got picked up pretty widely and kind of lit up the internet a little bit. Is there anything you want to add to what you said or have you maybe heard from James? Oh, I, I, I didn't. And I, you know, I hope, as I said in the, on the podcast, 
you know, I hope it didn't hurt James' feelings too much or, or, or make him angry because James is a great guy and I like James a lot. Look, we all have quirks. We all have aspects about our performances and our personalities and the way we approach the business that, you know, for better or worse, are, are, are part of who we are. And, you know, let's just put it this way. James would never be a good poker player. <laughs> he had a tell. His tell was when he walked to the ring. But whatever. You know, everybody, everybody's, got a, everybody's got a flaw. You know, nobody's perfect. Also, I wouldn't consider that by itself a weakness to be able to wear your heart on your sleeve. There are plenty of successful folks in pro wrestling that are able to very much advocate for themselves every moment of every day. You know what? It, it, interestingly enough, uh, Conrad Thompson and I are going to cover um, Sacrifice 2010 tomorrow for next week's podcast. And to prepare for it, I sat down today and I watched that pay-per-view and I was so impressed with James Storm and, and Bobby Roode as Beer Money. Uh, they had an amazing, it was a, a three-way, a tag match uh, to, to become the number one contenders. It was uh, Beer Money, Motor City Machine Guns, and the Dudleys, or 3D. And it phenomenal match. I think that match, if you go back and watch it, and I would encourage people to do it, um, that match would hold its own on any pay-per-view, in any company 10 years later today. That match was a phenomenal match. And James and Bobby, you know, they put it together. But to your point, Steve, I think when you're an emotional person, and James is an emotional person, he does wear his, his emotions on his sleeve in a lot of different ways, not only in the ring and in the business, but outside of the ring. And he's a great guy. But um, when it came to... Well, when it came to that match at Sacrifice and many, many others, I saw many great matches with James and Bobby, and James is a single. Um, phenomenal. I encourage people to go back and watch that. I, I had a blast watching it and, and really, really – and I'm going to be putting it over like crazy uh, for next week's podcast because it deserved it. And we'll definitely be taking a look at it. Eric, I hope you're getting paid for uh, all this promotion you guys are giving <laughs> that new TNA app. Well, I'm not. I don't expect to. I probably wouldn't accept it even if they offered. I don't really want to be associated with them, not for any other reason than I don't want to have to feel like I'm being a shill. You know, at least when I do this this show with you guys or when I do the podcast, I'm giving people my honest opinion. I'm, I'm not affiliated. I'm not connected. To, you know, I have friends in certain places and even in AEW, um, there are people there that I consider good friends and there are people there that although I don't know them, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Um, so when I comment about WWE and, and I've said some great things about WWE and I've said some negative things about WWE, at least I'm being honest and not because I'm directly or even indirectly associated. So I, I kind of like to keep it that way. And kind of speak, kind of, kind of speaking about like the comments that you made about James, not so much about him, but being somebody that maybe doesn't want to lose all the time. It's okay. In my opinion, pro wrestling is a very selfish business, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But how do you find balance between being selfish and putting somebody over? You see, I, I don't think there's any room for being selfish in the wrestling business uh, or, or in any performing art, for that matter. Um, if you're a member of you know, a band and you're constantly trying to put yourself out in front of the band or – 
trying to get the lead riff, if you will, or trying to get the spotlight in any other way, that creates an unhealthy type of environment. And I think, you know, with professional wrestling, especially, you know, you're so dependent on the person you're in. George, you know this, you know, you're so dependent on the person you're in in the ring with to make you look good that if you come, my opinion, if, if you come to the, not you, George, but if one comes to the ring with anything except the idea in mind that this is, this is the match, this is what's going to happen. And my job is. Everyone lose Eric. Oh, and he's out again. All right. I was, um, just, I was just about to tell him how Greek Corrid said next to Scott Hall, Easy E was the coolest member of the NWO. And Brian W. and a couple other folks in the chat had some really good puns about Eric's technical difficulties. He said Eric's webcam is powered by the bird, bird in the camera from the Flintstones. And I tagged I tagged that up with a it's a living because that's the that's the punchline, the bird always has, or any just, animal just, that's yeah. Just just to kind of clarify what I, I know he's not here, but just just <laughs> throwing it out there. Um, I meant I meant wrestling as being selfish as like everybody that and and we all hear it all the time. Anybody that gets in the wrestling business should at least want to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and you can't always have that. You can't you can't get what you want unless you take a couple chances here and there. You know you don't you don't get to that level by just cruising. You gotta be on that kind of some point where it's like I don't think this thing kind of makes sense today. So I I I I do get what he's saying, but I, I think there was a little bit maybe it's confusion, a little bit of confusion as far as what kind of selfishness is is in pro wrestling. You were maybe talking more protectiveness of one's character. Exactly. Or- yeah. Is Eric is Eric with us again? I see he's in the chat. I don't know if he left and came back or I think he would respond. You know he texted what? me. I think yeah. he's, Georgie's getting sick of all your uh, nosy questions, taking him to task <laughs> every week. You know, in my defense, all he those said, good old school wrestling questions. He said he loves them. So he has said that in the past. <laughs> um, I'm not at them here, so I can't boot him so he can come back. He's texting me. He said he's waiting. Um, while we somebody should say something somebody should say something um yeah while we kick him out and bring him back let's talk a little bit about uh, what we did see on this episode of tna impact for the big premiere a lot going on here not all of it went over well i took a look at this show did you guys have a chance to watch it back i i I remember watching i remember watching it when it actually aired just because this was such a big deal about I know this wasn't the first ever uh, head-to-head because that was on January 4th, but this was the first permanent one. And just it was kind of a big deal because like, kind of like what we saw on October 2nd, October 3rd, when we saw NXT and AEW for the first time head-to-head, this was like, oh my God, it's back. Maybe not to the level that we wanted it to be, but it's still more than, it's, it's still close to what we had during the, the peak era of the WWE uh, versus WCW era. I agree. I I, I don't remember this show very fondly. And then looking back, looking back, I kind of saw a bit more strength in it than I did. I watched it initially, but still there was, I think Eric get told him it was really wrong. He was, well, that wasn't Hulk Hogan's creative. I wasn't involved. And there was um, a lot of that. 
Well, something that we definitely have to ask Eric about when we get him back on the line too, uh, he told this kind of really great juicy story about when Hulk Hogan was just so overwhelmed with his physical, personal, legal issues that he actually put Eric in charge of his business affairs and in charge of his finances and put his name on the bank account and the whole thing. Can you guys imagine all of a sudden being given that sort of a role for the Hulk Hogan? I don't think I'd be able to handle it. There's so much temptation just to, you know, press that buy it now button. And I, 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 would, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> um, so is the question, do you see that out of the realm of possibility or do the question, do you think you can handle the responsibility? Because without revealing too much, it's, yeah. It's, you it's well known. You answer that question, Steve. You're already well, overthinking it. You couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, well, no, what I'm saying is it's well known that I run uh, Ric Flair's YouTube channel. And it was shocking to me how quickly I had as many passwords as I had to run that channel. And I think, I know it's, I know Conrad's trust is a lot, but I can I Hulk Hogan's side for a very long time. I can absolutely see, no, that's the guy. Oh, all I, right. He's manifesting <laughs> it for himself, guys. I like that, Steve. Get it. We talked a little bit about, well, not we, they talked a little bit about Bubba the Love Sponge, too, on this episode. And, you know, I was so young at this time. I remember him being kind of a big deal, but, of course, I wasn't allowed to consume any Bubba the Love Sponge in that era. Did, were you guys, were you guys consumers of I, I, Bubba I, the I Love Sponge? Know. Even though you were I don't know. I, Wait, what? I don't know anything about Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> Outside of what I know about his thing with Hulk Hogan and Bischoff and the wife and everything, uh, he he was not in my realm. Uh, I don't I don't know like what if he was more of a, a local kind of fixture. Like the more nationwide ones were like the Howard Stern and the Opie and Anthony. But honestly, never heard of Bubba Love Sponge outside of uh, anything wrestling related than getting punched by Awesome Kong or whatever happened there. Similarly, I only knew about Bubba the Love Sponge when it pertained to Hulk Hogan calling in and saying way too much for zero dollars. Bubba the Love Sponge is making all the dollars. Hulk Hogan made zero of the dollars. All right, woo, we have Eric. We have Eric Bischoff back with us. Hey, Eric. We got a ton of super chats to get to yeah, here with you. Uh, welcome to it. back. I have no idea how long I'm going to be able to hang with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, kicking it off, Greek Geek Chorus just wants you to know that Easy E was the coolest member of the NWO next to Scott Hall. Hey, abs- what do you mean next to Scott Hall? No. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate well, that, Bert. Maybe that's this is a great segue. You know, your your friend Scott got himself in a little trouble on Twitter in the last week or so, and he has actually decided to leave the platform altogether. Do you support Scott's decision to take a break from Twitter? You know, I do, you know, um, Twitter can be a very dangerous thing and I'm, I'm still disciplining myself to be very, very careful. There have been so many times, not so much in the last year or so I've gotten better, but a year or two ago, three years ago, I would just fire off whatever came into my mind. And I'd hit tweet and it would go out. I'd go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, you know, but you can't really pull it back too easily. So 
I think if you get yourself in trouble or you say things that you wish you wouldn't have said or you do something or say something embarrassing, it's probably better to leave it alone. I agree. Well, that definitely included Scott this last week or so, so we had to get your thoughts on that. Ken Terminated by Google um, is taking me to task for not reading this last week, so he really, really wants to thank you, Eric, for burying that idiot reporter, his word, hashtag Bischoff is the S. Eric, do you enjoy the kind of um, one-sided rapport you've created on the show uh, about Dave Meltzer? I mean, it's kind of fun, right? He deserves it. Well, he certainly deserves it. I mean, he spent the last 30 years setting himself up to get kicked in the ball. So I'm happy to be the person to do it whenever I get the opportunity. I share that opportunity with Bruce Pritchard because I know Bruce you know, also, you know, revels in the opportunity to, uh, to take it on a day. But no, he, look, he's a, he's a cocky guy who for a long time had a voice where, you know, people couldn't respond. We didn't have platforms really to easily respond and call out his nonsensical, childish, amateurish nonsense. And some of the things that he should be embarrassed about uh, if he was a normal human being. Uh, I, I, you know, I try to stay away from it because I always, I'm always afraid that, you know, the audience is going to just get tired of it. I know I probably would if I had to listen to it too often, but it, it, no matter how hard I try to stay away from it, light me up. And I, I, I'm not kidding when I say I try really hard not to overreact, but you know, I'm, I've got my flaws as well, as we talked about earlier, as we were trying to get to kick this thing off. Um, there are certain buttons that if you push them at the right time, you know, shit's going to fly. So I don't mind it. I just hope the audience doesn't get too tired of it. Oh, no, we love it. Um, and another great one from the chat roll, Beetlegreg07 wants to know, Eric, what you think about the creation of the TNT Championship. So this is uh, AEW Wrestling has introduced, they will do an upcoming new title, the TNT Championship. Um, as a behind the scenes wrestling TV guy, you are just the perfect person to ask your opinion on this. What do you think? Um, my first question would be, what does it represent? You know, what's in it? And it's funny that you bring that up. Um, because again, as I was watching the sacrifice episode today that we're going to cover next week on the podcast, uh, from 2010, I noticed that, the, and I forgot all about it, but Doug Williams, who was a great guy, by the way, an amazing talent, had the TNA Global Championship. And I forgot all about that. And the first thing I asked myself is, why in the world would we have a global and a world championship? What's the difference? Does one have more prestige than the other? Is a global title does it, does it come with more money and more prestige? What does it represent? So my first question would be, why? You know, how is it going to play into these things? How is it going to be positioned, you know, in the hierarchy, I guess, of belts? Um, there's got to be a reason behind it. Otherwise, you're just strapping a belt around somebody for the sake of strapping a belt around somebody and calling them a champion and hoping that the audience gives a shit. 
is trying to keep TNT kind of in the name and synonymous with AEW. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big marketing ploy, right? I guess it could be. Um, again, I don't know what the thinking is behind it, so it's hard for me to comment about it. Uh, there's too much I don't know. Uh, unlike Dave Meltzer, who writes a lot of things about things he doesn't know, I, I try to stay away from it. So, you know, there may be a great market. Andrew Cotter has a very uh, special request for you. We'll see if we can make that happen another time. Michael Mackey wants to know if Scott Steiner ever apologized for all the stuff that he said about you. I was wondering that as well. Have you guys ever attempted to bury the hatchet? I think we lost him uh, right after that, right after that question. And he texted me that if he, if he bounces again, we should just probably call it. Yes, okay, so we are gonna save that one for next week. There, man, there was so much drama to talk about this week. James Storm, Scott Steiner. We didn't quite get to all of it, but uh, we wanna keep breaking it down with you guys. We're gonna be here for another few minutes. So let us know, live chat roll, what you guys thought about uh, what Eric had to say about his feud, I guess we could call it, with Scott Steiner. I mean, you can call it a feud when it gets personal like that, right? I'd say so, and I think I feel I've heard Eric say some form of this where he essentially says, no, I haven't heard a formal apology, but I'm also not expecting one. I've let it roll off my shoulders. I'm not allowing for that negativity. Uh, West1776 has a really great question too. And guys, I'm going to make sure that we write these down and get to them next week. He wants to know what Eric's was, response would be to a young kid stopping him in the airport and asking him if wrestling is real. Mm. I would always answer that question as absolutely. 100% absolutely, because when you think of pro wrestling, it's very real. It's not fake in terms of what pro wrestling actually is. That's like saying, what's a movie? Is a movie real or fake? It's real because this is the definition of a movie. Therefore, it's real. Now, if you ask me, oh, is wrestling predetermined or not? Then that's a whole other thing. Is wrestling scripted or not? That's a whole other thing. But is wrestling real? The answer is always going to be yes. Yeah, I think scripted is the right word to use, right? It just that always works here in Hollywood when people ask me mm. and are wanting me to explain whether it is real or not. That's a word yeah. they seem to stand out here. Is Hulk Hogan real? Is Tony Soprano real? Is Walter White real? Right. Is, I would argue I would argue Tony Soprano is just as real as Walter White. Or also Hulk Hogan. Bruzy in the Hogan. chat said uh, he can hop on if we need a fourth. Well, Bruzy, you guys are <laughs> weigh in on all this. You you guys are our are our fourth, uh, our fourth host at this point. We also saw a huge surprise at the end of this episode of Impact that they were covering with Jeff Hardy kind of showing up out of nowhere. Um, what resident historian, can you give us a little timeline of Jeff Hardy's time in TNA? Like how big of a deal was that him popping up at the end? It was a pretty big deal because that previous August, as he was just champion in WWE, but then right after that, he got in trouble for possession of, you know, drugs or whatever, and he actually got a lot of trouble. So him showing up on the January 4th TNA was a really big deal because a lot of people thought he had legal troubles. And then him showing up again two months later, permanently now, uh, it was still a pretty big deal because Jeff Hardy has mentioned on the show, he equaled ratings. He, he, people can't fathom just how insanely popular, like Cena-level Maybe not that much, but like he was really, really, really a high up superstar in the WWE. And that, that momentum never really floundered. It was still pretty high when, when he came into TNA. So it was a pretty big deal.
Mm-hmm. Well, and kind of the running theme of this entire episode of 83 Weeks too was Eric really insisting that TNA was not trying to go head to head with Raw with these little stunts with getting Hardy on and everybody else. It wasn't about, they, they weren't thinking that they were actually going to beat WWE in the ratings. But again, this is kind of a running theme we hear from Eric that he's always thinking about how to get the buzz, how to maximize the publicity and all of that. It kind of, um, it helped me see this in a different way. You know, that judges the impact of what this episode really was. If they weren't trying to top WWE, they were just trying to make a splash. They certainly did that. I agree. I agree, but looking back on that impact, and I think Eric would agree with me, it made a splash and it got people to sample the product. I don't think that product was better or different enough to get the core of audience that they were looking to attract to either join them on Monday nights or follow them back to Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. But whenever anybody says like, oh, we weren't looking to compete with WWE, I 100% agree because I think... When, uh, Steve, what day does football come on if you pick one day? Sunday. Sunday. Sundays is football day. Saturdays is UFC day. TGIF on ABC was on Fridays. Wrestling belongs on Mondays. So even if you're not going to compete with WWE Monday Night Raw, it's still the night to have pro wrestling. You can have completely unopposed wrestling on. I mean, it's on now every single, every single day, but there's something about having it on that Monday that is a big deal. Yes, it's fun to have it on Wednesdays nowadays, but if it's on Monday once again, that's when it's really, really going to be uh, like, because it's Monday. M- Mondays is wrestling. So I don't blame TNA for going on Mondays because Mondays belo- m- uh, wrestling belonged on Mondays. But again, I, I would have liked to see how they would have played it out more had it would have been uh, longer than a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't think that was a successful long-term strategy because their ratings... Their ratings on Thursday nights before this and then their ratings on Thursday night after this were net negative. So well, as, a long had, ter- as a long-term strategy, it didn't work. Well, because that first TNA uh, January 4th edition of, of Impact, that did like almost, I think I want to say more than 2 million viewers. So like you had people there. It's your job to gain them, keep them still, or to lose viewers. Now, the only problem with that is and, and, and we didn't get a chance, but we did talk about it a previous episode of TNA where every single week Impact started with a 15-minute promo with Hogan, with Bischoff, with, with Fortune, Immortal, whatever they're called. Sorry, but that's not going to cut it against Monday Night Raw. Right. Bruzy in the chat is reminding us that the Raw episode from that when uh, Impact was premiering had Michaels and Hart in the ring for the first time since the uh, infamous screw the job. job. Yeah. Yep. Which, so that's a huge deal. So obviously, does that prove to us that WWE not was concerned, but wanted to make sure that they put their best foot forward going up against TNA? Yes WWE, no. WWE yes, at that I, time, I believe they had to compete with UFC right around that same time. Like within five weeks of the January 4th uh, Raw, they had to compete with UFC on something. I think UFC was overseas, so the time difference was such that it, they aired against each other. And then they brought Bret Hart back. So on January on January fourth, they had uh, competed against Impact. I think they already had Brett coming in. I just think that what no better way to start off the year than bringing Bret Hart. The following week, UFC had a show, and then uh, WWE brought in Mike Tyson. I don't know if thank that had anything with anything, but but it was just that one show. I don't think it was a permanent fixture that UFC was trying to do compete against Raw because I think they they know better than to mm-hmm. compete against Raw. 
Also, that January 4th impact was such trash. No, it wasn't. I 100% disagree. Oh, 100% disagree. A, you and I are going to have a separate video about this. Do you, do you remember what the main event was of that first impact? Was it? So you, criti so you criticize it, but you don't know who the main event was. Y'all lost me well before the main event. Do you remember that giant red cage? It was the opening night. It was the opening. It was the opening segment. It came and it went. All right. And by the way, that main event was one of the best matches I've seen with AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle. And that main event alone, it, it prevented it. I'm not saying it was great. I'm not saying it was phenomenal. I'm saying that main event prevented it from it being, as you would say, trash. Mm -hmm. And there was a good story. Like they led up to that throughout the entire episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna both we're gonna all do our research. We're gonna come back. It's gonna be a separate, probably likely on a separate channel. We're all gonna break down that January fourth, twenty ten, episode of Impact. All right, and of course next week on eighty three weeks they will be talking about TNA Sacrifice from twenty ten. We're gonna have to take a look back at that one as well. Eric really. Uh, really talked it up. So I'm looking forward to that. And guys, I know there isn't a whole lot going on in the world right now, but what do you want to tell everybody about? What do you want to promote as they say here in the wrestling biz? <laughs> I don't have much promote because i don't got any wrestling shows coming up but i just want to just want to do want to talk about a little bit of something is i am so obsessed with herb abrams and the uwf after watching that last episode of dark side of the ring because i don't know it was something that i never you, you guys both know you guys everybody watching everybody listening know i'm obsessed with pro wrestling and the history and the, and the, the knowledge i had zero zero recollection or information or knowledge about the uwf so now it's like now i need to know about it like oh my god like I need to know more about whatever that, that thing was that happened in the early 90s. So that's what I'm consumed with these days. Oh, my God. I love that you're so into it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess I'm not watching much else. I'm doing, if you're watching this channel or any of Comrade Thompson's channel, because that's what I'm up to during the quarantine. So not much has changed. But you can follow me on Twitter. I have some musings there at Steve Kaufman. That's K-U-F-M-A-N-N. I tweet, tweet some fun stuff. And Kasha and one, two, three, four, Dragon Sky, Bruzy, Maurice, Ken, Brian, <laughs> and Brian, and Brian, and Paul, and everybody who has joined us tonight and asked wonderful questions, whether they got to Eric or not. We're going to make sure that happens next week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We were trying a little Thursday this week to give you guys Wednesday to watch NXT and AEW. Let us know what you think about that. You can reach out to me at Christy Reports. Let us know what works for your schedule. And of course, with Eric as well, we want to thank you for joining us this week. Sorry we lost you. We hope to see you again next week to talk sacrifice. And uh, we will see you all then right here on the 83 Weeks channel. Join us live. Take care. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.